0: Hey I'm Fuzz I'm Joel Welcome to Fags and Fendi And we're here to talk about Life, relationships and what it is to be a queer person of colour in Australia
1: He said it all
0: Welcome to Fags in Fendi. Joining us at our table again. We are so happy to have you. How are you, Joel? It's Session's been a-
1: open, darling. It's been a yeah. week.
0: It's been a week. How it's have been you been?
1: <laughs> Can you believe you're on episode six now?
0: I actually, I can't believe it. I mean, it's been like <laughs> therapy. Um, I was going to say free But then I was like No we actually pay for production <laughs> <that exactly. laughs> Yeah I agree Maybe a little bit more expensive <laughs> You know what we could do We could actually just Hire a psychiatrist And then just
1: put our phones up And record no, and our conversation we have to be recorded as well So we got to make sure We have like pretty cry Not an ugly cry <laughs> I feel an ugly crack I don't so even do that
0: <laughs> I was um, I was listening back To some of the Old episodes I call them old now Because it was like,
1: You know A couple it of weeks ago just like back, Ages but... ago Like that's why I said I can't believe We've racked up six Like so quickly But you know It just proves that There's so much To talk about In the queer. I mean yeah We can't get you To shut up So I yes, mean, like, got Let's talk about
0: You not being able To shut up For a second now <laughs> Waffling I remember that episode Where you were talking where? And I was just I think it was episode four and you were like talking about something And I was looking at you like Uh-huh, uh-huh This is not what we're talking about <laughs> I don't think you should talk called miscolonialism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Colonization is a real thing we need to be, <laughs> It needs to be acknowledged <laughs> Speaking of colonizers Can we speak for a moment about the fact It's a celebration everybody yes. Andrew Tate's Instagram and Twitter Have been permanently banned and facebook yeah so he's off he's done he's gone social media has cancelled him now that that is a
1: cancellation yeah that's that is and we just like segued perfectly because we just discussed it in the last episode we discussed him so it was only like what two days ago that it happened or a day ago i think it was
0: um no no it it was
1: about two days ago that we got
0: the news here yeah um but it, it might have happened you know maybe just prior to that but when this episode
1: goes live it'll be like a few days now but like Perfect timing, like segue into like bringing it up and telling how stupid he is and then boom, he's canceled. So- and he's done. But do you know
0: what though? We talk so much about cancel culture in particular. And I think that like very often we're sort of, you know, no shade y'all, but we're always like canceling the wrong thing or we're yes. attempting to. Now this man with his just dis- disgusting existence needed to be canceled. And the way to cancel somebody is not just to say we're canceling them. It's for people with power, such as social media companies, to actually be like, do you know what? You don't have a voice. Just like what happened with Donald Trump and Twitter. At some stage, you know, corporations have to make a stand yep. and have to be like, do you know what? This is actually contrary to just being a good human being. And there are, there is like a list of things that makes you a good human being. Like there's an energy that you put out into the world that indicates that like, okay, do you know what? This is, this is the way that we're going to create peace. This is the way we're going to create conversation. Not being out there being a misogynist, you know, homophobic, transphobic, hideous little thing who's getting little boys to kind of like buy into these like alt-right ideas. And
1: also to make cis white men themselves feel insecure that they're not masculine enough. Like Mm. the things that he was saying is harmful from every end, let alone for the queer community. It, it, it is from every angle. So it's just good to see like, because we discussed this in the last episode where, you know, everyone was trying to be, we're so, we're all trying to be so woke and we're just canceling the wrong thing sometimes. And this time we got it right. We for did once. get it
0: right. We did get it right so because-
1: So now we just need to wait for Pauline Hansen to be canceled and we are all set. that bitch. <laughs> like every time I hear Pauline Hansen speak, I'm like, are you okay? Like, are you on your meds?
0: I I don't, like... I, did you see the but thing But the that, bitch has got a lot of supporters. But, like, in, she does... Well, she's in Parliament. And, like, you know, for y'all that don't know, um, wherever you're listening to from the world, Pauline Hanson is basically... It's an, an orange-headed
1: bitch. Basically.
0: <laughs> 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 she, is, she is an ethno-nationalist Australian politician. She's been in politics for a very long time. She essentially hates everybody. And she has, you know, more recently, really in many ways, expressed her hatred and disdain for First Nations or, that's how you call it, Indigenous people, where um, she... Basi- well, basically, the opening of Australian Parliament. She's a senator, I believe, right? So, uh, the the opening of Australian Parliament, the, we do a thing in Australia called the uh, like acknowledgement of country. So, you acknowledge the First Nations people, the people who, you know, rightfully own the land, the, the traditional custodians the uh, yeah. from whom land has been stolen. Um, and so, in that acknowledgement. She said, "No, I will not," and stood up and walked out. And I'm like, "Honey, relax. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, just, just, just do it. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's why I talk about colonization, bitch. No, we <laughs> should, we should make that a
1: line again. It's like, Pauline, Dolly, take the train. That should be our thing.
0: Pauline, go home, honey. Nobody wants you. Well, right, what are we
1: talking girl. about today? Well, I'm actually, segueing today." <laughs> You love the word segue. At least He likes to say it all the time. I'm just like, this At is like... At least I finish a thought and then I segue. I, I mean, not just segue finished like, a thought? And then, <laughs> next topic.
0: That's a better way to do it. I don't like to think of the, it as segues. I like to think of it as a natural progression of conversation and thought. So mm-hmm. clearly, you know, bitch over here, don't do the beating, But yes, okay, go But ahead. can I just say, okay, so I think that everything we've talked about is in line with the conversation today, which is around... Energy. I'm not talking about some like woohoo, like, you know, put crystals up in your room. Although, if that's your thing, good for you. Not that sort of energy. I'm talking about like the energy of the people that you let into your life. And I think that very often, as human beings broadly, of course, and also specifically for us, this is our perspective as two particular queer men of color, yeah, um, cisgendered, a gay identifying men. So I think that, um, it's It's an interesting thing, right like I mean, yeah. across the spectrum of your life, we go through an interesting sort of like journey because in the coming out process you kind of you have to you have to navigate those spaces around your friendships and then after that you have to navigate the space around relationship and like because we don't really have i mean we do't there are examples now on television through popular culture et cetera, but still like you know in communities where a lot of people of color growing up um you don't often have a lot of examples of these things. So you have to make your way through it. So that's why we thought, let's talk about
1: it. And also more so than just being queer people of color, we're also coming at it at an angle of just being an individual and also being business owners. I feel like when you're business owners, you kind of like need to have a different set of tribe around you as well because your mindset's different, your thinking's different. And so... It's kind of like evaluating everyone that sits around you. So, who is in your table? We want to ask you, and who is in our table? And we just want to dis- like discuss and dissect, you know, the different personalities that we've come across. Also, being you know, being in our thirties, we want. <laughs> I don't know why we
0: have to talk about the thirties? Honestly, every time he wants to talk about the fact we're in our thirties. Why do we keep discussing this? I
1: celebrate oh, my thirties, so, unlike fact, you,
0: everybody. So, the oldest, the youngest millennials. Have just turned 26. Okay. The youngest millennials have just turned 26. The oldest have turned 40. But your baby boomer age starts from what? I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> he got you, stuck there.
0: anywho. You, you, and your wrinkles can take us <laughs> all back to World War you II. You know what?
1: You need to lit- listen to Episode Five Beauty. Anywho. So we just want to talk about that. And also, I think it. Um, see, I even lost my train of thought because, he just <laughs> because you're a me. <laughs> boomer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's different the way you look at friends when you're in your teens, when you're in your twenties, and when you're in your thirties. I think you look at friendships very differently because. Uh, it's come up a few times where we discuss this, and we even discussed this quite recently. We're saying how, you know, in high school, you have all these set of friends and you're like, oh my God, we're gonna be best friends forever. <laughs> and let's buy a ring, let's buy half a chain, you know, best friends forever. And and you just look you back that You did now, that? I didn't do I'm that. I'm sad for you. I didn't do that, <laughs> but I've seen people do it in movies, but I definitely did think that those friends at that time was like my be all, end all, ride or die. And then you get to your 20s. And then you realize how ridiculous that is, because you go to uni, and you have like different set of friends. And then you come to your 30s. And you're like, it's the crowd is less than even more. And you're fine with that. I think the reality is that as you progress in age,
0: you know, your circle becomes smaller. And it's only because like as human beings, I think we're on a constant journey towards discovering who we are in the world. And so as we become more specific, our circle, like our, our innermost circles become smaller. We can have a lot of friends. I mean, like if I were to, you know, and and I think that it's important to sort of like differentiate between like, you know, your closest friends, your friends, your near acquaintances and your acquaintances, because they're all different. We generally refer to this entire group of people as friends, like people that we know we refer to as, oh, that's my friend. yeah, But that's not necessarily a friend. And I find that actually a lot like I come from a, I come from a small place. I come from Fiji. I, I you know, I grew up there, um, and for us, I suppose things are a lot clearer in terms of friendship. Like you know who your friends are, you know. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, also who you just know. And I think it's because the way that our society works is that it is a bit more sort of layered and structured in some way. But I noticed coming to Australia and in particular in Sydney, there's an interesting thing. I hear people all the time say this and they're like, oh, that's my best friend. Oh yeah. You you have to meet my best friend. It's like, what was the time, <laughs> last time you spoke to your best friend, bitch? I'll tell you when three years ago, like that is not a best friend. For me, a best friend is somebody that you do life with. It's somebody that you speak to. You know, I mean, you you speak to them a lot and sometimes you don't speak to them for a while, but you always come back and you're like, okay, cool. We're like connecting. It's a different type of connection. Yeah. But you do life together. Yeah. But somebody that you call upon every time you need something is not your best friend. They are your resource. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So, you know, but I think that um, what you said is very interesting in terms of like, you know, who sits at your table of life. Because very often we don't really consider this thing. It just kind of happens organically. But mindfulness is so important. And it's important as human beings that we are mindful of who we choose to be around, but also who we choose to be when we sit at somebody else's table. Yeah, You know, one of the things that's been really interesting to me is sort of like this notion that I've noted in, in human beings broadly, where, you know, we are all entitled to center ourselves in life. We're all entitled to be the main character of our narrative and of our story, but we must acknowledge the fact that we are also a supporting player in somebody else's life. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of like this symbiotic relationship. It's not like, you know, I am the center and everybody around me is a play in my life. Yeah. I am the center of my narrative, but, even my partner, the person who is absolutely closest to me in this entire world, he is the center of his narrative. And we are supporting players, all the major supporting players in each other's lives. I think that very often because um, life has taught us, culture teaches us the centrality of the human existence and that like, you are the one, you know, you are the best, you are the center, you are the blah, 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 whatever. Too much self-help. You know, we need to burn down the self-help aisle because it doesn't help. <laughs> what it does is that it makes us selfish. So I think that acknowledging that that's really important as well, the transference of energy. And that's why when you look at a table of life, look also at how when you sit, stand up from your seat, where do you go and sit?
1: And what is that circle like? Yeah, You know? I think what really sparked that's a very good um, that's a very good way to look at it and also what really sparked this discussion was when I said you know it was brought up in the view about who sits around your table and very often we're very quick now to dismiss you know, everyone, Gen Z, Millennials, saying we all talk about energy so much and we're like, you know, protect the energy, watch your tribe, blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> we're very quick to do all that. But what does that actually really mean? Does that mean that, you know what, he's not supporting me, cut him out of my life, or she's not supporting, me, cut her out of my life. What is the purpose of every person in your life? Because they're not all the same. And that's why uh, when I watched that segment, I thought it was very interesting because there was very different points of view. You know, like I said, when you jump on Instagram and you go on like, you know, certain memes and stuff, they're very quick to say, um, you know, if it's not your vibe, it's not your tribe, like that kind of things. But at the same time, again, impressionable minds might look at that and think, okay, yeah, so that person doesn't support me. Boom. That person doesn't say yes to everything I want to do, then boom. Is that person saying yes? Or is that person saying no, because they're doing that out of love for you, because that may not be the right thing for you? Or are they you know, standing in your way and hampering your energy? Are you protecting your energy from people? Or are you kind of like, you, know, you do things and you think people are just meant to support you through everything you do? So this discussion was stemmed when they were talking about, um, they said, who's on your table? And one person said, um, you know, my, my um, tribe is ride or die. They're all business owners. They all have uh, money. They all support me through everything. Um, you know, they, they have their own business. They are hustlers and the lot, you know, the usual things that you hear. And she said that, you know, anyone who is not on my same level or who doesn't, um, who's not on my same frequency, um, I cut off because, you know, they may support me, but they're not kind of like, this. they don't live the same lifestyle. They don't have the same understanding. Adrian, who's also on The View, gave a very different point of view. And I also agreed with her. She said that, you know, not everyone in your life is meant to vibe at the same frequency as what you are doing. They don't have to be a business owner and you're a business owner. It could be that she's a Joe Blow, he's a Joe Blow, he works nine to five and he's very comfortable with his life, but his role in your life is just to support you and it's just for you to lean on or, you know, when you have your hard days and you go over to his house or her house and you just want to let it all out and talk about something and you know you're going to get a very honest feedback, a very honest opinion. I thought that was very interesting. Because like I said, in today's day and age, we're so trained to be, you know, let's cut off anyone who's not vibing at our same frequency. And what does that even really mean today to Gen Z? I or mean like, millennials. To millennials, I mean, you know, like
0: to, to people like us. I think what's also interesting about that is that again, you know, it's it's a sort of that idea that like we are like the central figure of the universe. But perhaps, you know, it's it's not always about what we can take from people. It's sometimes about what we can give to people. Sometimes, you know, we find ourselves at different times and seasons in life where someone else's experience could be beneficial to us, but also where our experience could be beneficial to somebody else. The whole purpose of the human existence is to find each other wherever we are. And to make life better for each other. That's oh. the purpose of being human. Because we're only here for such a short time and we chase these things and these ideas and these ideals and like come up with all this like rubbish about like, you know, you know, in particular about like this this whole vibing thing and protecting energy, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm not against the protection of your energy. You know, if somebody and you really definitely protect your energy. I mean, energy. if somebody comes for you. And if somebody is detrimental to you, then a hundred percent, you know, um, you know, there's that expression, you know, if, if, um, you know, learn to leave a table where love is no longer being served. Like, yeah, if you're sitting at a table and if there's no love at that table, get up and go and don't invite that person onto your table. I think that that's very important, but I think what's also important is to understand much like what you were saying just then, you know, at the end of the day, I think that it's very important to have a broad range and spectrum of friends. You can't all be vibing at the same energy. You all have to be different. I found that the most fascinating thing in life actually is to ensure that you have friendships from all different walks of life. You know I mean? Like look, like look at your friend circle right now, have a look. Are all of your friends exactly the same as you? Do they look the same as you? Do they sound the same as you? Do they, you know, have the same profession as you? I think that that's a very dangerous way to create circles. I think that the way that we, we should look to create circles- Do they is have to different find, skin colors? <laughs> well, yeah, no, absolutely. I think that the way that we should be creating circles is essentially by what is a, what is a person's character? And do their character values match mine? And if they do, that's great. We can be friends. Whether you are, whatever, I mean, yes, color is color's an important thing. I mean, like if, if you look around and everybody in your circle is the same ethnicity, you have a problem because you are missing out on an experience of life. You are missing out on knowing what it means to be somebody else, somebody like me. If you look around your table and everybody is cisgendered, non-queer folk, you know, you're missing out on learning about an experience, on experiencing the richness of life, and you know. Conversely, also, like if you're a queer person, although that's very difficult to be honest, because not many of us. I mean, that, that's the <laughs> reality. You know, I, you know, the world can have you believe that that you know it's overflowing with queer people, but it's not true.
1: But also, we're it doesn't mean that you will get along. Not every queer person is going to be the right one for you on the table as well.
0: No, but that's what I mean, though. It's about character. So, like, instead of looking at somebody's instead of looking at sort of like the outward appearance, which which we are so used to looking at, and outward appearance also includes things like job, blah, 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 money, et cetera. You know, like I I, I consider myself to, to be a highly successful person, but the people that I surround myself with, they're successful in different ways. I'm successful in the way that I am successful, but I have friends of all types who are successful at what they do. Some people are very successful at family. You know, some people are very successful at helping people at social work. Some people are very successful at just loving life, you know, and like just being I I remember meeting this young person one time um, through somebody who's like my sister. And I asked him and I found it quite fascinating and I loved it and I thought this guy's brilliant. Yeah. And I said, what do you do? Because that's the first thing we ask, right? I mean, as millennials, you know, we're, we're, we've we we been raised to be a bit obsessed with this idea of like, you know, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> um, and this kid, literally, he's 21 or 22. He said, I exist. And I was like, how fabulous. I like I know who
1: you're talking about. But how fabulous. <laughs> yeah, but like, I was like, okay.
0: I was like, at first confronting, you know, because I was like, oh, okay. So I guess no, you are just die like, of I salvation. I was a joke. I was like, waiting for that. <laughs> waiting.
1: Okay, so what's the next answer? What do you no, actually but genuinely, do? And then I was his thinking, genuine a, answer. Yeah, he just,
0: he just exists. And he's like, <laughs> I just want to live. And I'm like, that's great. Yeah. He's successful in his life at this season at doing that. And I think that it's important to understand that. And also to understand, you know, looking at that young person, that people's energy also evolves over time. So the people that, you you know, you talked about high school. So the people that you, sometimes you have friends all the way through. I still have a very small number of friends that I had even when I was in high school. But, you know, we're not as close as we used to be, obviously. But I still consider them friends because they they were with me at a very formative time in my life. But I think that like, we have to understand also that your energy changes. As you pursue different things in life you and become change. different people, you change. And it's not that you necessarily just grow apart. Sometimes you grow apart, then you grow back together, then you grow apart again, then you kind of like come halfway, then you go up. It's It's a sort of ebb and flow of life. I'm at the age now, as you are, where you become more settled in your relationships. Yeah, and you become more settled in your friendships because, you know, you, you kind of you're at you're in another season of life now. Yeah, so I think that it's important to just kind of acknowledge that things do change, and we can't hold it against people when they change. No.
1: I think yeah, that's that's a good way to look at it because we are all changing as we grow older. From high school to 20s, we're growing, we're learning, and we're discovering new things. We get to your 30s, like you said, you, you're very settled. You almost reach the stage where you know exactly who you are. And you do know exactly who you want sitting around you. I feel like the biggest thing is, it's the people that get insecure that I have found that cannot journey on with me. You must genuinely want to be happy for your friends and your friends must genuinely be happy for you and your journey. I feel like the, the problems or issues arise mainly around someone wanting to be you or you wanting to be someone else. Mm -hmm. I feel that's when, you know, this comparing of, oh, you know, I own more money, I own this, and you don't. You know, that's when I feel like a lot of issues arise because I've come across many of those personalities. Like I said, again, it's not just character, it's kind of like who you are as well. Like I said, you're a business owner, um, you're successful, you do these things, but you need someone who is going to be very secure, that you're able to share and pour your heart out, but you're still, you know, they're happy for you. And that's who you are. I know I'm very secure with what I'm doing. This is who I am, but we support each other. I feel like that's the number one. Insecurity seems to be the number one Thing for me that seems to break things off, and number two is narcissism. Like it is a, I feel like it's a recurring theme. And it's almost growing even more, and and it slips in so quietly in a group. It slips in quietly where you know you don't even realize when you're being used or you're being manipulated in emotions. Um, so these are the two things that I have found. But I have found that, like you said, growing older is interesting because you really know who you are and who should sit around you. It's very different from when you're 20s, when you're trying to uh, discover who you are and you know you're going out and you're partying and you're trying to meet all these new friends. But in your thirties, you don't want that. In your thirties, yes, you have a lot of friends. Again, very different um, stories. You have a lot of friends, you have a lot of acquaintances, you meet a lot of people, mm-hmm. but who do you want sitting with you on Sunday morning, having breakfast, breaking down the week, and you know, just not having to try so much, not having to make any effort. We say this all the time. In our thirties, we don't want any more stress. Mm-hmm. You're already very stressed with work, you're stressed with business, you're stressed taking care of this, the last thing you need from your friends is more stress it should be easy and it should just be you know it should just ebb and flow that's what i have found and i find that you know you at at your 20s you want to name drop it you know i know this person i know that person i know that this is my many circle of friends in your 30s you're like man i've got five perfect like it's enough it's enough for me i know a lot of people but these are the five that i just want to nurture and share my things too because I yeah. don't want to share anything else. So, Because I think that you start to learn that like it is just about sharing life, right? Like
0: because you become more and more aware. It's a funny thing, y'all, Gen Z, you got to listen up. Like the reality is that you become more aware yeah. of your mortality the older you become yeah. so like i think that there's a time in life where you don't think you're going to die and i know it's a very uncomfortable thing and people don't like to talk about it because death is so confronting for people yeah. for me death for some reason is 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 not a confront maybe it's a faith thing but it's not a confronting thing but i know that like there comes a time where you realize that soon, not too soon, hopefully, but like the time is coming where you will have to shake hands with, you know, with the end of your life. And, and it's a very, very interesting thing because very often what you also notice as you get older is that the people around you get older. The energy of the people who were vivacious, young, middle-aged people, like your parents, your aunties, your uncles, whatever, you know, you see them getting older. I come from a very large family. So my mother has um, 12 siblings. Um, my dad has uh, seven. So very, very big families. And in my mother's family in particular, who I'm very, very close to, I remember her sisters in particular, um, and even her brothers. You know, she's now lost. Um, she had six brothers. She has lost four of those brothers in this time. Um, but it's it's so interesting to me. Like her sisters in particular were like these these, these really sort of like, you know, energy wise, these vivacious, like, you know, like colorful, loud characters. And I see them now. And that, that was when I was growing up and through my 20s. But I see them now. And they're still vivacious, you know, but they're older, you know, like, and and you, you recognize that. So it's not even that you see it in yourself, you see it in them. And you see the reality that they have made peace with the fact that that it's you know we're reaching we're reaching a stage. I see some of my mom's much older siblings, um, and I saw my grandparents, for example, and you realize that you know it's not even just that. Like you know, I think sometimes we think think about death as it's like oh this like one final moment where like life will end, but. You know, life also slows down for people. And I think when you realize that, you realize that that will be the change. That's when you really want to, you want to get the right people around you. Because you think to yourself, when I am that person, when my life slows down, who do I want?
1: You know, you talked about narcissism. We are the bloody same when we were in our 20s and our older friends or aunties and uncles, would be like, you know, you need to slow down, blah, blah. And you're like, ah, oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a millennial, I know what I'm doing. And then now you reach your 30s and we're giving advice because it's true. Yeah, (laughs) no, 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 it is true. true. It's true. true. I mean, like you know, and and reach your thirties and you start having all these flashbacks. What have I done with my life? Blah blah blah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It just kicks in. I don't know what it is. (laughs) I think one of the things that like you know every generation tells the one that's coming after it is is what we're saying now. It's like.
1: You know, like with Gen Z in turn, it's like, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, you haven't been in my shoes. Yes, we have. (laughs) It's like
0: whenever you say to people, like, oh, you know, like I I say to people, you know, younger, like my, my partner's younger brother, like, oh, you know, you don't need to have like, not everybody's your friend. I know that now, you right. know, but when I was his age, I thought everyone was my friend. I thought exactly. I was everybody's friend because exactly. I was drunk all the time. I'm still drunk all the time, but <laughs> it's a little bit different it's now. It's a stupid
1: thing. Like even down to stupid things where, you know, in my 20s, I used to wear fucking Teeny tight jeans that presses your balls up up to the sky. My mom used to be like, wear something comfortable. You want to be comfortable. I'm like, oh beauty's painful, sister. You don't know what you're talking about. Now I'm like, wear something comfortable, Gen Z. No, oh, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm not there. So I also, oh. I am
0: still of the belief. I'm still of the belief that mm. fashion is an uncomfortable experience. This is why I can no longer feel my small toes <laughs> because I wear shoes that are far so too small for me. So if you do me. that,
1: happens. It, it does. It
0: does, and you have foot problems, back problems, but. But it is what it is, Dal. You know, do what you gotta do. Die stylish. You t- <laughs> <laughs> die stylish. I always have good underwear on in case I get hit by a bus. Oh. I think it's very important. I think it's very, very important because you never know. Hmm. You talked before about narcissism, and I think it's an important- I see you got a list there. I did. So I quickly did. <laughs> I did this because it's on WebMD. So it's an actual medical condition, everybody. Um, I well, it's a mental health condition. I think it's important to talk about because you know, when we were growing up. Nobody told us that this was like we knew, but we didn't realize that it was actually much more common. And in many ways, it's formulated, right? So it depends on like the environment. And again, you know how I was saying before, so much of culture tells us. You are the center of everything and everything exists to serve you. I mean, if you even think about like, I read some affirmations, sometimes I hear them on TikTok and I'm like, that's really selfish and a really fucked up way to look at the world. That's what I'm saying. Because you are not the center of the universe. You are a player. You are a star in the constellation. Center of your universe, as opposed to center of the universe. One hundred percent. But the reality is that we can all be stars. We are all stars within
1: a constellation. We are not the sun. But that's why it's pictured that way, where you're the center of the universe. And if someone is not vibing with you, get rid of them. So that's why that's what I mean by you know. It's very quick and it's no context because this narcissism, this list will give it will give it a very different insight. I think
0: think that it's important to understand this because I think we all should be aware, right? So like, how do you spot a narcissist? I'm going to read these out really quickly. Mm -hmm. So one is a sense of entitlement, right? So it says a common sign of people with narcissism is the belief that they're superior to others and deserve special treatment. They believe that others should be obedient to their wishes and that the rules don't apply to them. Mm. I know that you know people like that. Mm. i know people like that right that's one sign second manipulative behavior and this is a this is one that i have found in my <laughs> life multiple times right mm. Another common trait of narcissism is manipulative or controlling behavior. A narcissist will at first try to please you and impress you, but eventually their own needs will always come first. When relating to other people, narcissists will try to keep people at a certain distance in order to maintain control. They may even exploit others to gain something for themselves. You know, it's been very interesting for me in life to meet people like this across the length and the arc of my life. The manipulation of a narcissist is interesting because they can manipulate you either through like sort of grandiose gestures of I'm amazing, or they can do it through sympathy. They can make you feel bad for them. Mm. And I think that another thing that a narcissist always does is that they will try to control other people's opinion of you. So they will, they will find a way to keep people around, but to keep them separate as opposed to allowing people to join hands and and sort of move forward. I'm a big believer, and I've said to Joe multiple times, that once you introduce people to each other in this world, that is a relationship that you that 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 perhaps you have introduced, but it's a relationship that the world has created. It's a relationship that life experiences and and you know and I don't know and, and the way that people have grown up and character. That's that's what creates a relationship. I can introduce you to somebody and you can be like, oh, they were nice and never speak to them again. Mm. Or I can introduce you to someone you can be like, I vibe with this person. I am no longer responsible and I I don't have ownership of that relationship. I find that narcissists feel a sense of ownership over relationships. Mm. And I think that it's very important to recognize that
1: and to not allow that sort of manipulation and to allow that sort of separation of people. I think also important to note that, you know, manipulation and and this list sounds like you know you can spot one from very far but in reality it's not because it could be like your closest friend on your table and you don't even realize you're not even realizing that they are narcissists because it's very slipped in and it's very indirect i know a narcissist who only trades in sympathy but just being natural us who you know have big hearts we naturally always um tr- you know Extend our hand, and we we go that mile or we go that distance because of the sympathy. To then realize, then, hey, no, you're actually trading in sympathy. You're not like you don't only have these sad stories or breakdowns as a one-off. It's your currency, Mm. so then it becomes very different, and that's why it's very important. Like when we are sharing as well, to realize these signs you need to really look out for them because they're very, very indirect. I agree. I completely agree. The next one is interesting,
0: need for admiration. I think that this one is kind of, this one is fairly, you know, it's an interesting way of thinking, but like one of the most common signs of an assist is a constant need for praise or admiration. People with this behavior need to feel validation from others and often brag or exaggerate their accomplishments uh, accomplishments for recognition. They also feel, they also like to feel appreciated to boost their ego. And so, that's an interesting one, and also I think one that's kind of easy to spot, in some ways. Um, next sign is a lack of empathy. So a lack of empathy is another sign of narcissism. This means that the narcissist is unwilling or unable to empathize with the needs, wants, or feelings of other people. This also makes it difficult for them to to take responsibility for their own behavior. I think it's very interesting because I have found my experience also in in narcissism um, that very often a narcissist will want empathy or will want sympathy, but will not extend empathy. So always look out for that. Yeah. And, of you know, the last one, although by by no means is this, an exclu- is this a sort of like an exclusive list of things, there are many other signs. And I think y'all need to like just just read up on it. It's a very fascinating thing. A, a dear friend of mine um, spoke to me one time about how they, how they recognized their parent was a narcissist. And that's why I have a very particular interest in this. But, The last one is arrogance. People with narcissistic behavior already see themselves as superior to others. So they may become rude or abusive when they don't receive the treatment they think they deserve. While they hold themselves superior, they may speak or act rudely towards those that they deem are inferior. So, you know, all of these things. So I'm just going to, you know, rattle them off very quick. So a sense of entitlement, manipulative behavior, need for admiration, lack of empathy and arrogance. You know, When it comes to like allowing people a seat at your table, this sort of person is not the kind of person that you want. And I think that it's important also to note that we think about narcissism as like, there are people who are obvious and broad narcissists, right? And, you know, they border on being sociopaths, people who are completely unfeeling. But narcissism shows its way in its head in multiple ways. Some people can be sort of very minor in their expression of narcissism. But I think it's important, again, to understand this. And this is the thing to to always take away, is that you sit at the head of your table and throughout life you will stand up and you will take a guest seat at somebody else's table, but you always come back to your own. If you find yourself being drawn from the head seat of your table to constantly sit at a guest of another person's table, that's a problem. And that's a table that you need to leave because you've got to find yourself back at the head of your table yeah. all the time. You've got to find yourself back. It's a symbiotic thing. And that's why energy is so important. Mm-hmm. That's why relationships and friendships are important because these are things that you, this is about you doing life together. Mm-hmm. You sharing life together mm-hmm. and it's an interesting thing to think about you know because beyond friendship the other thing to consider is your relationships mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a it's a it's a brief it's a brief thing that we can sort
1: of touch on but mm-hmm. all relationships well, I mean we're clearly not talking about me because I'm the single guy <laughs> 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 why don't you share with us how long <laughs> You know, Eli, Uh, our lovely Eli. Eli is fantastic. I think that like- How long have you all been together?
0: Eli and I have been together for 15 years. It's been a very, very long time. Um, It doesn't feel like a long time though, which I think is quite beautiful. So
1: that's very interesting because we speak about, you know, you have different sets of friends and, and, you know, boyfriends or dates in these different segments of your life. So clearly you and Eli have grown together and changed, you know, throughout the season of your life. What was your age when you met?
0: Oh, uh, The in tender high
1: school. age of what? <laughs> Eli and I met in
0: high school. So he came to my school when we were in year seven um, and we hated each other. Um, absolutely could not stand each other at all. And then when we were in year eight, um, Fiji went through its third year. Um, third coup, it was a civilian coup, and, um, we went to an international school. So everybody left, and so we had to be friends because there's nobody left in the school. (laughs) Well, the school had like a population of, it was a small school, there were 600 people. There were like 120 people the next day because all the expatriates were gone. So all the locals had to shake hands and be friends. Um, and so that's how we became friends. Uh, we didn't start dating until I left, I left Fiji to come back to Australia at, um, after Fiji's fourth coup. Mm -hmm. um, in 2006. And yeah, we've been together ever since. And like, I think that one of the things that I will always say is this, is that your relationship, like it has to be founded in friendship. And so all the things that we said about friendship just now, the same principles apply to your relationship. The only difference is this, is that your relationship can make or break you your friendships you can walk away from your relationships are a lot harder to walk away from because you're in it together Mm -hmm. and so in that that's the only time there's a lot more like give and take you're right we've changed over the years you know i'm you know we're both older now Mm -hmm. and as you get older you renegotiate your relationship because you choose to be together you constantly choose to be together friendships some friendships can end, like we said before. You know, it's it's not a linear thing. You know, you go out, you come back, you go out and you come back. If you choose to be in a relationship with somebody, you choose it for the long haul. You choose to be in a relationship with like, no, but I don't think anybody gets into a relationship thinking, I'll be with you for a
1: week and then we'll see what happens. You know, or like, oh, what I'm of just going to like, blah, You're going blah, blah. to forever with those heart chains again. Well, like, <laughs> I mean, like the
0: reality is that, you know, you you jump into a relationship with the knowledge that this is potentially something that is for my life. This is a human being that I choose to be with for the rest of my life. Because again, as you start to consider the finality of life, you consider who you want with you at, you know, in your last years. And that's your friends, but it's certainly your partner. And for all of the young folk out there, I think that it's very important for you to understand, choose that partner wisely and make sure that it is founded in friendship, because they can make or break you. The wrong partner? everything before i've seen it far too many times so how do you find world. you
1: guys support each other when you say you know you both are still individuals of your own tables but also still supporting roles for each other i think that when you get into a relationship with anybody again that's why
0: you must treat it like a friendship first there's a sort of like fallacy in the world that says that like oh you know you're two halves and then you like you know you come together and you become one human being you have to be two whole people you yes. have to be two complete individuals who
1: are constantly evolving and changing. And I think on that note, just very quickly, um, I found it very interesting. Remember when you shared about that one person cannot complete your every need. Yeah. like um, I have a friend who's a behavioral psychologist. His name is Robin Taylor.
0: He's very, very brilliant. But I remember talking to him one time and he was talking about friendships and relationships. And he said, look, he said, if you have a list of 10 things that you need out of a human being <laughs> in this world. If you find three to four, yeah, oh yeah, no, he said, yeah, three to four, they're friend. Okay. Any less is like an acquaintance, right? They fulfill right? three to four out of your needs. Three to four out of your needs, are a friend. Yeah. If you get to like six, you know, that's your closest friend or your closest friends. If you find seven, marry the person. <laughs> because the reality is that you're never gonna find all 10. You're never going to find all 10. And there's nothing wrong with that because you will never be all 10 to anybody. And again, it's realities, right? We are not the center of the universe. And that's, that's I suppose, the broad message of this is that none of us are the center of the universe. We are all stars in a constellation and we all come together to create
1: something beautiful. So knowing that Eli kind of like fulfills seven out of 10 of your needs is that like what we should be striving towards because, you know, in the world today, you're told, again, you will find the one and he'll complete everything about you and he'll complete you, which is a very different story from, you know, this is who I'm with and he fulfills seven out of 10 of my needs. So what about the other three? Sometimes
0: that other three is just you. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, I think that it's important to understand that nobody will ever complete you. It is a, it is a far greater compliment and a far greater sense of honor to say that somebody makes you better. Mm. And I think that that's what it is. So Eli makes me better because he compliments me. He doesn't complete me. I am a full human being in the same way that he is a full human being. And he would say that I make him better. We bring into each other's lives things that we are not.
1: Mm. And things that we will never be. Well, he definitely needs an award for putting up with your bullshit, sister. I mean, he loves it. What <laughs> am I gonna say?
0: You're I am fantastic. <laughs> what can I say, darling? What can I say? Anyway, are we out of time? We have run out of time. Thank you so much for joining us again today. Remember to message us. Thank you. We've been enjoying your messages. We yeah. are trying to get to them as quickly as we can. Thank you for your messages. Thank you for your time. I think the feedback on the last episode, beauty, has been amazing. The feedback has been wonderful, and you know, let us know if you want uh, if you want to hear other things from your favorite fags and we will be here to talk to you and to talk you through it remember that we are here as your therapists and as each (laughs) other
1: and we are getting through life (laughs) together once the episode is done write down who's in your table and let's review them (laughs) let's do it darling have a
0: wonderful week ahead and we will see See you you next
1: week goodbye